welcome back, Calm listeners. This is Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Cal, everywhere I turn, we've got semiconductors causing havoc in supply chains, and it affects our business day to day because we have a car shortage. We're not the only brand dealing with this. Why don't we talk about that? I want to see what's going on. Have you done any homework on that problem? I keep seeing it everywhere. Yeah, so the shortage started about a year ago. We saw that with COVID. A lot of factories shut down and the demand dropped significantly at the time for electronics, for vehicles. And what that has caused is a ripple effect and affected the demand on semiconductors, computer chips. Everything we have today, any electronics, anything with any sort of computing power has that chip. Even your vehicle has all these computer chips. Your appliances at home have these computer chips. So these semiconductors have dropped in terms of demand throughout the year. And because the economy has actually picked up quite a lot quicker than expected, and with the combination of working from home, a lot of people are more focused into gaming, a lot of people using more electronics at home because they don't need to go to the office anymore. And that has increased the demand on those electronics. So a bit of both scenarios happening here that really have affected the drop in the orders for these semiconductors from some manufacturers and increase on the electronics demand has caused quite the squeeze on that sector. So you have companies that are called Fabulous. These are companies that design the computer chips. And you have companies that build the computer chips. And these companies are called foundries. There are not that many foundries globally that build all these computer chips. And right now with the economy booming and the increase in the actual electronics, gaming side of things, people are still working from home. Vehicle sales have increased a lot. That has caused a lot of pressure. And a lot of these foundries, these companies that manufacture these chips, They said they're booked for the next two years, effectively. They cannot take any more new clients in terms of their order books. So it just shows how there are quite a lot of other factors as well that didn't help in this case. For example, the trade war with China may be added to the flame, but it is causing quite the supply issue with aspects of our lives. Yeah. On the car business side, I wouldn't say it's even more in terms of sales than necessarily that I'm seeing. It's just the shortage of supply. So there's no cars. A lot of brands aren't able to complete the car. And the whole thing with manufacturing is if you're missing one part out of 10,000 parts, you can't ship your product. And these are the issues where we're seeing companies pause moving these cars into people's hands. And the same is with a lot of things. So we did talk about inflation, but this is more of a shortage on things like PlayStation 5s. The demand's insane. How many more people want one of those or just gaming in general being work from home? I'm sure two, three X or maybe more than before. And that's why there's a huge arbitrage opportunity. People were scalping them like crazy. And I don't think you can even get one today. I think it's probably still very much back ordered. And I've heard that the same, as you said, appliances and people are either buying or selling homes or they're renovating. And these renos are really driving up the price. There's only a limited amount of people who can service things like landscaping, contracting. And what I heard was that because auto manufacturers shut down, these foundries had to 
book contracts for other people. A supplier needs to make their money one way or another. Just because the auto industry shuts down doesn't mean they're not going to go looking somewhere else. And I think once the new contracts are put in place and the demand gets driven where those people already have production lines going and just say, okay, ramp it up. I think auto manufacturers are fighting for these chips and you're battling against the apples and the companies that need them. This could be like a tail end 2022, 2023 problem. And it just goes to show that a lot of people speculated about the implications of shutdown. And we're just starting to see what pausing the economy has done and what confining people to their homes and then releasing them to the wild looks like. People who have money are spending it. People are going to probably overbook travel in the next 18 months. And there is a natural supply and demand mechanism. I think I saw a stat, it was $10 billion per factory. So who's going to build these? And it's like building for peak demand and power generation. You're not going to build a whole nuclear plant just to service an incremental 5% of power. None of that makes sense. So with problems come solutions. And this could be a business opportunity for someone to jump into. I just wouldn't know where to even start. But I know that the U.S. specifically is thinking of divesting from China with everything going on. And of course, Elon Musk is the shining example of Tesla and SpaceX local manufacturing which he showed it can be done no matter the wage rate for labor. And it's almost all a fallacy. People who went for cheap manufacturing in places like China or India did that probably for bottom line reasons, but it wasn't the only way to do it. You don't have to do it that way. And that's the whole minimum wage argument I see online, which is we can't raise minimum wage to $15 because it's going to double the cost of a burger. But meanwhile, I think it was Switzerland the cost of a burger is up 25 cents. So the cost of fair wages can be done. Of course, whether it's fair is debatable in America, but at least these people are paid more than somewhere like China and they get stock options. So at the end of the day, their comp is above average anyway. So I wonder if there's a way to essentially reinvent these products around that chip. I guess it's so integral that a world shutdown did cripple the economy. And restarting it has become a problem. These chips are made out of Taiwan. Is that correct? I keep seeing Taiwan come up as the source for these, or at least the majority of them. The reason I hear Taiwan a lot is because the world's largest foundry is in Taiwan. It's TSMC, so Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company. And they actually build chips for a lot of many global companies. They build chips for Sony, Apple, Microsoft, AMD, NVIDIA. These are just a few names. And even though those companies design their own chips, they found out that actually outsourcing the manufacturing is significantly cheaper. So that's why they outsource their manufacturing to TSMC. Hence why here Taiwan's name come a lot. So basically they manufacture these chips. You have companies that also build their chips in-house. So they design and build their chips like Samsung, like Intel, although Intel is also planning on outsourcing their manufacturing to TSMC, to Samsung themselves, to Global Foundries, another company as well, and some others. So there is a lot of focus on trying to have local manufacturing in the United States and actually trying to reduce the cost that way. What they're doing is trying to outsource their manufacturing. Intel and TSMC are heavily invested now to build manufacturing plants in Arizona. But the problem with that is, as you mentioned, is there's quite a lot of overhead. It takes a lot of time and 
to build these factories, you are also required to have a lot of chips and a lot of staff and all of that. And that takes quite a lot of time. So even though there is a solution to the problem, it seems that it still needs time and time is of the essence here. So time is the biggest challenge that's making this a bit more difficult. And it seems that there isn't much that can be done with this regard. I guess how I would approach this is to ask, can you individualize these parts and 3D print them in people's houses? I guess manufacturing is mostly for scaling things up. So once you build a mold or a die casting of something, then you build hundreds of thousands or millions of parts and then move them around the world. And back to the Tesla example, in the early roadsters, they were building parts, something to do with shipping it back and forth from China a couple of times. I think it was battery chemistry, shipping, making the packs and shipping them back. Just all these redundancies that really get the cost up. And what that company was clever at doing was localizing manufacturing to bring the cost down. So vertical integration, meaning cut out all these independent contractors, suppliers, and try and do as much as you can out of one spot, build the car, deliver it locally so that you could get the average selling price down, keep the same margins, and all of a sudden you're more competitive than everyone else. These are the kind of innovations that long-term will win over time, which is why you can get a $40,000 Cybertruck and it's going to push innovation. I know Ford just announced their electric F-150. That's kind of cool. That company seems to be all over electrification. They cut their sedans to trim their product mix and make it easier to shift to electric cars. I've seen the Mach-E on the road. I think the back looks fantastic. This is what we need. We need one person to solve this problem and then everyone else will follow. That's essentially the recipe for business, which everyone's going to copy each other. At the end of the day, it's going to make the world better. So if they're going to reverse engineer and learn from these other companies, then great. But I'm just not experienced enough in manufacturing to really comment on how to solve this. But that's why technology is here. Whether it's how fast can you build a plant. Tesla also built their plants in under a year, year and a half, where other companies might take three. What can you learn from them to say, I'm going to build it faster, maybe build more throughput per factory. So instead of 10 million units of something per square foot, can you 10x that? And can you use more vertical space? more automation, different materials for the semiconductors. And this is kind of where the hard problems have to be solved. I think we're still right in the middle of this thing. I don't see an exit anytime soon from this problem. I think it's going to be ongoing for sure. What do you think is the most affected industry out of all of these? Is it auto? Is it appliances? Who's been hit the hardest with the shortage? So from the looks of it, it seems that the auto industry has been hit the hardest. It's the ones that really caused most of this semiconductor crunch and it's still suffering from it, as you mentioned. The only manufacturer that I think has came out ahead is Toyota. The reason is because Toyota experienced a similar situation a few years back when they had an earthquake in Japan and the plant that supplies a lot of their semiconductors crippled down and got completely destroyed. So they've experienced that before. They decided to actually have a six month inventory worth of semiconductors that they're always six months ahead. Toyota is famously known for their just-in-time manufacturing process, and it is still considered to be one of, if not the best method. They generally do not build more than what they need to be built, but they have this stock of semiconductors right now. So they would be a bit ahead compared to other manufacturers, even though they're the world's largest at the moment and for the past few years. That's just one manufacturer. You have the others. GM come in the beginning of this year, basically announcing that they had to shut some lines down, as you mentioned, 
and they could see a drawdown of $2 billion in their revenues or returns this year alone because of the semiconductor shortage. So we're talking big money here. And as you mentioned, we can learn from other manufacturing methods, for example, Tesla, how they very quickly build their gigafactories, perhaps how to have more efficient systems. A lot of people are really, really hurting and mostly have these auto manufacturers. Perhaps that's also why you can see some of the used car prices driven a bit higher. There's increased demand there because of the shortage in some new car production. And at the same time, you have cryptocurrency. There's quite a lot of demand on graphics cards. It's been going a lot higher as a late, and that has been used to a lot of the mining process for the crypto. And what that's been doing is driving the prices higher for these graphics cards, again, because of limited supply. People are saying that the prices of graphics card have increased anywhere between 50 to 100% from what they used to sell at. Yeah, I just want to say about the shortage on the consumer electronics and graphics card side. A big reason for this is also a lot of websites who distribute these aren't accounting for bots grabbing supply in under five seconds. So whenever there's a launch, if you just have a normal smartphone or computer and you want to buy something, these are all selling out so, so fast. People are scripting with code and grabbing hundreds, even the micro scalpers who grab eight or 10 on their own to resell them. These double margins are actually on the resale side too. People are grabbing at list and then selling it for 50 to 100% over on that. People are doing that as side income and there's no law or regulation against it. Ticketmaster never got in trouble for selling to StubHub and it's a bit of a racket. These kinds of issues come up and they just compound on each other. And I think it's crazy. For used cars, try and get a pickup truck right now for any reasonable price, it's impossible. We always saw with the currency exchange Canada and US that pickup trucks were going for a lot more money almost retail on the wholesale side. And if you look at now, I'm hearing of business work trucks going for almost double. A used pickup truck is going for way more because people need to get to work. People need to run their business. And the opportunity cost of not having a truck is just more than you would spend. It doesn't matter if you're paying a 30% premium. People just want anything. This whole shift in the economy has muddied the waters because Maybe people are working from home. Maybe people are starting their own contracting business or need a truck. And trucks are taking months and months, like six to eight months for a pickup truck at a Ford store is what I'm hearing. And it's just such a disaster that way. And this is what happens when business comes back booming. You see shortages and everything. If you want any outdoor gardening slash backyard equipment sold out, I think the ramp up time you said it best, which is how fast can suppliers ramp up again is the answer. I didn't know that about Toyota. That's actually pretty clever. Back to the point of, as we said before, we learn from experience. We don't learn from guessing everything all the time. The person who invented safety goggles for construction obviously had an issue where something flew out of his or her eyes. And that's where you decide, I need these. This is just a fundamental to life, which is you got to work on things and you got to do things. And then eventually you'll see the gaps very, very clearly of what you need to do. So do you need to schedule better? Do you need to solve problems better? How can you protect yourself? How can you do things faster, better, cheaper? And then the margins kind of work themselves out. Yeah, I'm back to the point where you mentioned why couldn't we just develop a system where you can 3D print those semiconductors at home or at a smaller facility. And the challenge is that you have some chip designers realize that it's a lot cheaper to outsource the manufacturing. And once you go to these foundries, and you can actually see 
how they manufacture these chips, 95% of the process is automated. The other 5% is managed by staff. On top of that, the facility itself is a thousand times cleaner than the surgical room. So it just shows how precise and important it is to have all the things just right to manufacture these semiconductors. They're so small, even a speck of dust, or if the humidity wasn't right or the temperature wasn't right, you can cause some alterations that can effectively destroy the functionality of these semiconductors. So it's not as easy to manufacture at a smaller scale. So this is one of the challenges that come here. And, and like we mentioned that the time it'll take to even build new facilities, even though there is quite a lot of attention, there's a lot of effort right now to have more of a domestic supply chain system, especially for semiconductors in the United States and perhaps even other places around the world, it's gonna take time. That's a good point about how precise the conditions have to be for that, but it's still just a physics problem. Everything is impossible until it's not, but very good points about what the requirements are. If you can make a vacuum sealed environment, uncontaminated 3D printing base, and then have it run 24 seven, then maybe. I think part of the problem is how do you manage hundreds of millions of independent semiconductor manufacturing? The orders might be too small for the scale, right? The supply has to match the order books. I can't build five of them and then go to Intel and say, okay, here you go. They would never buy that. It would be just too, too small. So I think what the opportunity could present itself as is maybe for the repair space, if semiconductors could be easily swapped instead of replacing old cars or old appliances that are broken, can you fix them? And can you essentially refab or resolder them on? And I've got some soldering experience. It can be done. It just semiconductors themselves, the actual parts are super, super small, like you said. So just almost not even possible for us to manage on a day-to-day level. I think that's probably a good summary of it. Yeah. And I agree. I don't think anything is impossible, but considering the current circumstances, I don't think it is possible for the time being to get to that level right now. But yeah, I'm with you maybe five, 10 years down the road. Maybe it's something they can absolutely do in your own bedroom, right? Or your garage. I have no doubt in that one day we can really make it very easy and affordable. And as you mentioned as well, just to paint the picture for our listeners, we were talking nanometers here in terms of precision when it comes to semiconductors. So that's something immeasurable when it comes to us trying to do things maybe on an analog method. So with that said, let's wrap up today's episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Thanks, everyone.